Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Hey, dude. Hey. How's it going? Doing good, dude. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Uh, yeah. Another week in Sharksland. Another week, dude. Do we have anything at all to talk about, or are we just going to... I don't know. Well, I mean, I would say at the beginning of the week, it was sort of like, oh, okay. Hi. Yeah. Hi. All right. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hey, they beat they beat the Kings twice. And you felt pretty good about it. And then they went to Arizona and they got housed. Completely pwned. Yeah. Twice. And so. yeah, I don't know. I'm running. I, it, it's becoming difficult to just talk about. Like I ran into, uh, I'm back at work in person, dude. And I ran into someone who I hadn't seen in, I don't know, how long have we been uh, in quarantine? Five years? Yeah. Uh, I, I ran into someone I hadn't seen, and the first thing they said to me, he goes, uh, what's, what's, you know, people love to say this to me, what's wrong with the sharks? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I get that too. And uh, it's like I, I just, like, I don't even know where to start. They're like, well, what what do you think they can do to get rid of these contracts? I said, nothing? Like, <laughs> right. Nothing. I don't know. What do you do? Like, I mean, like, and I, I said, I think the problem is I don't even know that they think they need to do it. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to say, dude. Which is a a really wonderful quality to have when you do a sharks podcast. I must say, <laughs> it's just it's it it's frustrating because you know we we see what, three straight Martin Jones starts, right? Because Martin Jones plays well uh, and has played well recently. He has, except for his last outing where he lost. But um, I don't even like it. I don't even know that I find that like helpful. Like (laughs) I don't find that to be like more confusing when like now – He's having a great march. And you go, well, what are, you, what are we supposed to do with that? Like, I just, I don't believe that. And it almost feel like they're like fooling themselves now into thinking that, that maybe he's going to be okay. And now he's, only, <laughs> now he's only slightly below league average as opposed to way below league average. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's, dude, that's like, Dubnik too. They're both in the same boat. Like we, I mean, in March, Martin Jones is four two and one, with a two five five, and a nine twenty six save percentage. Yeah, it's a good month. It is a good month, you know, and that was in 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 eight games. So, I mean, that's not bad. It's certainly better than Dubnik's March two five and one. Two nine one and nine oh four save percentage. So, I guess you gotta go back and ride Martin Jones. I guess, but like, 
just feel like we know how that I I've seen that story, right? Yeah. Dude, this is so interesting. Check this out, right? In in Martin Jones's wins, right? He's a 2.14 with a 9.33 save percentage. So when he's good, like he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, in his 10 losses, he's got a 4.83 ah. and a 9.84 or no, an 8, sorry, an 8.54. Yeah. So. I mean, doesn't get any more David Hasselhoff classic Broadway musical Jekyll and Hyde than that. Nice reference, dude. That's really just for one of our listeners who's going to really enjoy that. And me. I like Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> How dare you, sir? No, I'm sorry, dude. I know. it's. I, I don't know what to say. I think we're going to have to keep this podcast short because I'm not going to tread over the same ground we've tread over so many times. The Sharks have a goalie issue. The Sharks are missing certain things. Let's talk about the little controversy you and I had over text this week. Because some somebody got claimed by the Kings, and you said, no, the Sharks should have claimed him. And I said, what? Well, Let's, let's talk okay. about that. So Brendan Lemieux, a forward for the New York Rangers, was traded to the LA Kings, right? The Kings are adding because they think they're – can make the playoffs and they're not wrong. Like they, they may make the playoffs and have the right of losing to Vegas or Colorado in the first round. Right. But for that franchise, like for them, I think I get where Rob Blake is coming from. He wants to reward that core of players for overachieving essentially. And they gave up, you know, what a fourth or a fifth round pick to add a, you know, NHL, in my opinion, an NHL caliber forward that brings, you know, some skill and grit to your fourth line, right? And of course, I am nostalgic by the last name, of right? Of course, yes. I'm nostalgic by the last name and the uh, and the lineage here, right? But I think these types of players where I look at where, you know, you have them on St. Louis, you have them on Vegas. We've talked about this before, Colorado, I'm sorry, not Colorado, Chicago and Anaheim, when they were sort of in their heyday, they had these types of players and they made life really difficult for people to play against. And I look at Brendan Lemieux and I go, well, here's a guy who's 25, who signed to a, you know, at, I mean, maybe he's being paid more than you would want for a guy who's playing nine minutes, right? Uh, yeah. But he doesn't, he doesn't stink. Like he's not devoid of talent, right? This is a, I believe a former first round pick, right? And I mean, he, he's put up, you know, years where he's had, you know, some decent point production for a bottom six forward. You could have gotten a player like that where the Sharks have their bottom six forward is a rotating. Let to watch Ante Suomela continue to play. Like, I think they could have added somebody here that would have addressed a need, which I think is acquiring toughness and bottom six impact players other than Curtis Gabriel, who has kind of gone off the rails a little bit. Like now they're just like, they're looking to call anything on him, right? Like, yeah. yeah. 
you know, he's he's become more of a noticeable figure than maybe they would have expected for kind of a no-name player coming into this year. I don't know, dude. I, you know I want them to add this kind of grit to the bottom six because I don't think the cast of characters they have there right now adds much of anything. I agree to an extent, but I'm confused as to why he would be the right addition to Curtis Gabriel, right? If we didn't have Curtis Gabriel, I would be much more persuaded by your argument. But we have Curtis Gabriel already. And I don't know if we need another one. And I think if you look at sort of the roster and you think of, okay, what are some 25 to 28-year-old relatively unproductive NHL players? The Sharks have several of those already. They have Matt Nieto. They have Marcus Sorensen. They have Frederick Handemark, who's played six games. They have Frederick Clayson, who's only played four games. They have Curtis Gabriel, who still has no points. You know, they have Stefan Nason, they who's only played five games. They have Auntie Sulamella, who falls into exactly that category between twenty five and twenty eight years old and is not very productive. I'm not I'm not entirely convinced the Sharks need another one. I, I don't think that's what is going to change this team from their uh, very unsatisfactory result into anything appreciably different than what they have. That's what I'm most concerned about. I think we've talked endlessly about what their major problems are. They have, obviously, number one, a, a severe goaltending issue. And number two, they have a bunch of contracts that are way too long and way too large for players that are no longer performing according to those dollar amounts. And I think adding another bottom six player agreed. I'm not saying our bottom six is awesome. We're not like, you know, it's not like we have Dave Boland in the lineup, but, but still I don't see how that's going to help the sharks that much. How is that going to help? I guess that like for me, I look at the teams that are successful right now. And I mean, I'm looking at Vegas, right? And that that Ryan Reeves, William Carrier, and it used to be Cody Eakin, and those guys, they were really, it made it so much easier for their skill players to operate because they were, it's not like we're talking about Jody Shelley and John Scott, and I'm not asking for that, right? Yeah. Just why I think I like the idea of the energy that Curtis Gabriel brings. Now, I would like to get a better version of that, right? Which I think is what Vegas has. Ryan Reeves isn't horrible player right like uh william carrier is not a bad player cody eakin's not a bad player oscar Sun- sundquist is not a bad player like those types of guys uh on those teams like they're not bad players they bring sort of that physical edge and they can jumpstart the team and i look at a, like lemieux i think he's out of contract at the end of the year the sharks have cap room you could have brought him in for almost nothing and tried it out and seen does this work? Does this change anything? Does this make us better? Does having a guy like this make guys like Kevin LeBanc be able to operate more freely? Does it kind of motivate Timo Meyer to maybe get some of the toughness back in his game that's completely evaporated? Like, it's just not there anymore? Like, like does another guy like this, who's a better player than Curtis Gabriel, change the Sharks' fortunes? Because I think if... I, I just don't buy, dude, that if you're going to have Bob Bugner who, you know, of the last, like, 
20 years in the NHL. I mean, like this guy is like on the list of like players you think about defensively. You think about, I mean, he, I don't think he was necessarily that good of a player, but I remember him, right? Sure, like sure. you remember him. He was, he was kind of nasty, right? Yeah. Sort of Marchment esque, right? And like, if he's your coach and you don't have anybody who can bring that sort of element to the team that he can play a regular shift. I just think, I don't know, like it, like that, that doesn't seem to be playing into what might be the strengths of the coaching staff that you say is doing an excellent job. Not you, but like Not people me. like yeah. Doug Wilson is saying is doing an excellent job. Right. Right. I don't know. I, I mean, I look I at Vegas. I, feel, I look at I look at Vegas, and I see a team, for instance, that has an excellent goal differential, mostly due to defense. There's plenty of other teams that have scored more goals than Vegas, but there aren't many teams who have a be- that many teams who have a better record. In fact, there is one, two, three, four teams in the NHL that have a better, that have more points than the Vegas Golden Knights right now. And it looks like most of those teams, actually, Vegas has goal, uh, games in hand on them. So the reason they're good is number one, because Mark Andre Fleury is a very good goaltender. Number two, they have good productive defense, including Shea Theodore, that has twice as many points as Eric Carlson and eight more points than Brent Burns right now. And they have a good goal scorer in Mark Stone, and they have good point producers. But really, the number one reason Vegas is good is they prevent goals. And they have good, looks like good, pretty balanced scoring. They don't have anybody with 80 points. They don't have a Connor McDavid. But that's the story of Vegas and all those things that the Sharks don't have. The Sharks don't have good, solid point production up in the lineup. They definitely don't have good goaltending, and they don't have a particularly productive defenseman, even though the Sharks are supposed to have two of them. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, you're right. Uh, all those things you've said are right. But I do I, I, I do go back to the teams that I hold in the highest regard, and they have uh, players on their fourth lines that, you know, like I look at St. Louis, they Barbashev, that guy, when he's on the ice, like he makes that guy. Don't you? You think he's gonna? You know he's he's nasty, man, and he doesn't suck. Like he's not a terrible player. And even Kyle Clifford, right? Like that guy is not. He's not terrible. He might not be on the best side of his career, but he's not terrible. And you have these guys out there. I think it makes a difference. I think they make the team better because they can open up the game for the skilled players to play better def- defense, to be more effective offensively because that it's, it's having them that overall like team spirit, that mentality. You've got these guys who are on the bottom, like driving it forward. It's like having a good offensive line. You never hear about these guys. They're not the ones who are racking up all the points, but they do a lot of important stuff. And you know, I think the Sharks, you look at their bottom players, they are not impactful on the game. Right. They're not. Right. And, you know, uh, and they're playing, they're, they're, they're just sort of grasping at straws on what to do with, and this has been an, an ongoing problem. Like, 
So clearly, I've been talking about this. People are listening to the podcast like, Doug's talking about this again? Like, you could go back and probably listen to like 30 episodes where I'm talking about the same thing yeah. over the last 12 years, right? And clearly, Doug Wilson, this is not important to him. Like, he doesn't find it to be important. He wants to have skill on the bottom line instead of grit. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's and that and I disagree with him, and I think that he should look around the league and see that that the teams he's playing against they're not going to get past them unless they can literally match it. And I think that Brendan Lemieux would have been a step in the right direction of dealing with the Ryan Reeves, Carrier, Barbashevs, and Sean Cliff. Sean Clifford, not Sean Clifford, Kyle Clifford. Sean Clifford is a friend of mine. Uh, no, <laughs> Kyle Clifford uh, of the world, right? Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's my stance. I, I understand it, dude. I understand it. I just, I just think that the Sharks have much bigger fish to fry than that. That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm not disagreeing that they couldn't use a player like that. But we do want to hear what you say. Um, I'm looking at the dudesonhockey.com comment threads where we post the podcasts. Um, James says they should ship out or buy out Vlasic. Bugner's been impressive moving him down to number six, but he doesn't have the depth to scratch him. So there's only so much he can do. Yeah. I mean, of all the bad contracts, is Vlasic's the worst right now? No, it's, it's still not still. No, no, I I don't think it's the worst. I, I think, I think Martin Jones's is still the worst. I, I, I refuse to accept the last this month as redemption for him. Like I just think Vlasic can still play regular minutes. I'm not sure Martin Jones can play regularly and give the team a chance to win. Like right. I really do think he's his contract is the worst right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, at least the, if we do have an upside. Uh, and it's been a little hard to find him lately. But if we do have an upside, it's that the Sharks supposedly have some games against non-top teams. We have the Minnesota Wild, which are not the class of the division at least. Um, but they are in third place behind Colorado and Vegas. So we have a couple games against them. And then we have two more games against the Kings, who we were able to beat a game against the Ducks, who are in last place. Two more games against the Kings again. Two more games against the Ducks again. I mean, of all the stretches of the season, until the 19th of April, when we play three straight against Vegas, this is the easiest part of the season, without question. I don't know what that means. <laughs> because if they win, we're going to be doing the same podcast again next week. I don't know what to talk about. What do you want to talk about? I got to say, if you listen to a Minnesota Wild or an LA Kings podcast, they're saying, hey, look, we've got some really winnable games coming up here against the San Jose Sharks, right? Yeah, I'm sure that's so true. So it's not like anybody's circled the games against the Sharks and going, uh-oh, I'm scared about these. Right. You know, like I'm sure those teams, especially Minnesota and the Kings, that are really pushing to try and get that playoff spot have marked these as games to get the full points. And uh, I don't know. I feel I don't feel very optimistic about it. You know, the Sharks had a total meltdown in Arizona where they Gabriel takes the major, they kill it, then they get a delay of game 
against Shimmick, and then they get a challenge on a goal which failed, and then they got another delay of game. So the Sharks got back to back to back nine minutes of PK. You know, like it's just you know, and then you end up losing for nothing. And yeah, oh man, I mean, like it's just it, it seems like they. When they're off, they are off in a huge way. Like right. they, they get, and you can see it in Martin Jones's numbers, right? When he plays, when he's good, they got a chance to win. When he's bad, they get housed, right? And <laughs> like, and it, and that's really a simplification, right? Of course, it makes sense. Martin Jones, Martin Jones, good sharks, good. Martin Jones, bad sharks, bad, right? <laughs> you can't get this kind but, of analysis anywhere. Right, that's right. <laughs> but you know, it makes me think of the art critic scene in History of the World Part One, where the caveman does the drawing on the cave wall, and the art critic comes and pees on it. <laughs> like this is sort of like how I feel. Like that's what the sharks drew on the wall, and the coyotes uh, peed on it. Right, right. You know, and I don't know. I don't know how much longer, like in I that this group of players is going to continue to like go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to play hard again tonight. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, the, uh, the deadline is coming, dude. I mean, like, I guess we're not quite at this point, but you think I would love to hear what listeners really think the sharks will do at the deadline. Like, do we think they will, who do you think they will move? And let's be, you know, realistic here, right? About what, what's possible, but who goes, do they try and make a minor buy to address some sort of roster issue? If there's a player on the market and I was looking at the athletic and they were uh, mentioning uh, some of the available goaltending that might be on the market and the sharks are attached to all of it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, if there's a a goaltender that's available that isn't, you know, uh, you know, we're not talking about adding one of these high priced over the hill veterans like a Jonathan Quick or something. But, you know, if there's a team that has too much goaltending that's looking to move something and get something in return, like I saw on the athletic, they had listed uh, the goaltender in Columbus, Elvis, Elvis, thank you very much, right? (laughs) You know, now he's signed, I believe, for one more year at $4 million. I mean, if you're the Sharks, do you go down that road? I don't know. Sounds kind of expensive for a goalie that Columbus doesn't want anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right? What about the extra goaltender in Florida? Chris Dreeder, Dreeder, right? Like, his name's on that list. I don't know. Like, those don't sound like the right kinds of ideas, but... Dude, on my NHL 21 game. Okay, now we're getting to the important stuff. I I took the Sharks roster and I completely like destroyed it. Blew, I did. I I destroyed it. I like <laughs> went out and it was interesting like I I there's a feature in the game which is really fun where you could ask the GM of the computer's team what they want in return for a player, right? So I asked the Ducks virtual GM, I asked Bob Murray what he wanted for John Gibson, right? Yeah. And sometimes they don't respond and they just... They say not available. Basically like, yeah. you're not available, Like, right? go away, yeah. Right. 
but but they he was good he would trade me John Gibson. What okay. do you think the price? What do you think the price is? I, in real life, that would never happen. So I, I don't even know where I don't even know where to go with this. But I, I don't know. Merkley and a pick. What, what does he want? Hurdle. Yeah. Merkley, and a first. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Yeah. Right. And I and I got the response. I was like, that makes perfect sense. The other, I think it was also he would take Couture, and a first, which on that one I was like. Maybe. Hmm. You know, hmm, I thought maybe, right? And for the um I I ended up trading for uh the Rangers goaltender, um which now I can't remember Georgia? not Georgia, not not him, the other one. Uh I, I, uh, no, I lost oops, it. Oops. Okay, anyways. Um this is making for a great story because I can't even remember the name of the player. <laughs> uh and it was for uh, Chemilevsky, a second and a third. And you're, right? just, and you're like, fine. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. Because on my video game, I'm not going to, you know, what am I going to do? Right. Yeah. So, you know, like it just was interesting to see, like, what in a video game setting, what the price was for a player like, like that. Right. So, anyways, Dude. if the Sharks are going to fix the goaltending issue, they're going to have to give up something. Yeah. Dude, I know like we're the, running out of time, but do you think the Sharks. I guess Kurz tweeted again today that Patrick Marlowe said he would be open to a trade. Is this... You think the Sharks will trade Patrick Marlowe again? Well, dude, what's the... I got to look this up. How many games has Patrick Marlowe played? And what's the record? He's played right? sev- several games in his career. I, I'm, okay. I, I feel confident dude, so in saying that. What is the... What's the he has played... 1,756 games, right? And who's he chasing? Yeah, I'm not keeping up on the watch. I got to be honest Okay, with you. dude. I mean, the, who has played the most NHL, NHL game played leaders? Here we go. Gordie Howe, right? Okay. Okay, so it's Gordie Howe at 1767, and Marlowe is at 1756. How many games are left in the season, dude? Uh, I, let me see. Uh, quite a few, uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, you know, I mean, will he hit it by the 12th? No, no, he won't because it's 56 games, right? So he's got 23 games left and he is, uh, and he is 20 and, and he is, oh, wait, will he hit it by? No, I still don't think he'll make it. He's 11 games out. I, I, <laughs> I don't know unless Marlowe says to Doug Wilson, "Get me out of here." Yeah. No, I don't think they're going to trade him. I think they want him to break the record and seal. Right. I think that makes sense. And the other thing that is unsaid is that I can't imagine what sort of value you could get from Patrick Marlowe. I mean, you'll get uh, yeah, at I mean, best a very low pick. I think that Doug Wilson would do whatever Patrick Marlowe wanted. Yeah. Like if Patrick Marlowe wanted to be traded, they would trade him. If he said, "Get, I want to be moved, they would move him. But he's sort of been saying this in sort of a veiled way. I don't know. Come on, Patrick Marlowe, like you went to the Penguins and you did nothing, right? I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like you didn't really help your stock here in like becoming a, an asset at the deadline. I don't know who's going to give up anything of consequence to acquire him. 
Agreed, dude. Well, the season keeps on going on, and it seems like uh, the Sharks' relevance to it is going down and down and down. But we still watch, and we still podcast. And who knows? Hopefully sometime in the near future, we're going to stream again. I know your schedule sort of prevents it right yeah, now. Yeah, I know my schedule. It's, it's getting better, dude. So you, we can all enjoy the disappointment together. That's right. So I think that's the only way for us and our fans, or I hesitate to say fans, our listeners anyway. They may or may not be fans, but our listeners might enjoy the rest of these games is to enjoy the suckage with us on a stream in the near future. And hopefully next week we will have some sort of an announcement on that. We've been working behind the scenes feverishly or not so feverishly to get, to get this going. And uh, hopefully we will make that happen pretty soon again, because we had a good time. It's just that uh, schedule has precluded us from doing it in the last little while, but we will be back to it. And I know some people had some fun and we enjoyed chatting with people and, We will do it again, dude, and uh, the Sharks will continue playing with or without us. That's right. That's all All I can say about that. That's all we can say. All right. (laughs) Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.